0: And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, where you're your host broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Julie, my dear, welcome to today's show.
1: Thank you. It's going to be a great, fun, hopefully practical, and applicable show for everyone to work on. I think it's a very interesting topic that we probably should spend even more time on, so looking forward to
0: it. Well, here's the thing. This is a topic that normally people aren't going to want to actually talk about because of the fact that it's going to be something Julie, you know you're missing the part three on the notes, Right. So we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about basically application of your mindset with regards to basically your beliefs. And yesterday we challenged you guys to actually consider the ramifications of your beliefs about really about money, about obtaining wealth, about being rich. And if you didn't listen to that podcast, I suggest you go back and listen to that from yesterday. But I'm going to summarize it. Here's basically the two prevailing thoughts. Number one is that your beliefs about money, your beliefs about essentially uh, what, essentially what money means, what having ri- being rich means, that's what you're either going to essentially take away from the likelihood of you became, becoming rich or not. And rich, on our definition of rich, and you guys should adopt this too because it's simple, is the definition of rich is where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. Um, and I'll, hopefully today we're going to start touching on, and it's part three of this series, on what specific actual things and the order in which you should be doing them that you have to do to actually obtain wealth. So we've talked about the mindset stuff. That's the stuff that's kind of fun and easy to talk about. Everyone kind of you know, tossing it around their heads. And we're going to actually be getting into the real meat and potatoes of what needs to happen to start obtaining wealth. We're going to start touching on that at the end of today's show, and then we're going to get deeper into that uh, tomorrow's podcast or Friday's podcast, not sure which. So here's the big takeaway. Your definition of rich, the working definition of rich for you is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. And whether you ever or whether you choose to allow yourself to either obtain or get to a point where you've obtained enough wealth that you no longer have to work because your money working for you, that's your choice that's based largely on what your beliefs are about being rich. Literally, some folks think that essentially the idea of having enough that they no longer have to think about money that because their money is working for them, they, just, they have some real interesting psychological, maybe some could argue religious you know, misbeliefs about what it means to be rich. What it means to be rich is this. Is that you have figured out how to be of service to enough people. You've actually, riches if you don't have what you want, if you don't have the life you want, if you don't have the lifestyle you want, if you don't have the stuff you want, if you don't have the house you want, if you don't want, if you're not living on this planet in such a way that it's really, you're waking up every morning excited about the life you've carved out for yourself, it's because you've simply not accepted the fact or never been told the fact that there's a direct relationship between the quality of your life. And essentially, you know, we focus on helping you guys earn money. That's what our focus is. You know, we're business coaches. We're not Dr. Phil. But there's an absolute direct correlation between the number of people you help accomplish their goals and the goals that you will be able to accomplish in your life. So if you are driving a 20-year-old Camry and you're living in a, you know, a lean-to and you don't have financial independence and you're living paycheck to paycheck, it's because the concept that you are here to be of service to other people has never gelled in your head. So if you if you say my job, my, I'm gonna, you know, just try it on. Maybe you don't. Maybe it doesn't completely fit the concept that your highest and truest purpose is to be of other pe- be of service to other people. But just, I want you to try it on just to see what it feels like. Okay. So now that's your that's your personal ethos. My purpose on this planet is to be of service to other people. Now here's what's interesting. The thoughts that follow that are where the rubber meets the road. So if you know your highest and truest purpose is to be of service to other people, then what it, what are you going to have to learn? What are you going to have to do to make that true? Well, you're going to have to get a heck of a lot better at your chosen profession, which is selling real estate. You're going to have to make it so that you can actually be of service to a bunch of different people, which means you're going to have to improve your skill set. You're going to have to stop winging it. You're going to have to stop letting your ego uh, rule the roost as far as making the decisions as far as how you run your business. There's a lot you're going to have to really adjust if you're going to be true to your purpose, which is being of service to other people. Julie, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. And actually this is something that we talk about a lot in our premier coaching class because it is a mindset challenge in our business, right? We're all told to be salespeople and some of us get our you know, our feathers ruffled about that. Well, I don't really feel like a salesperson. I don't want to be this big aggressive, you know, sign the contract now type, uh, direct closer type of person. And so we get this kind of screwy image of that And I think really to correct course on it is to simply have the mindset of being of service. It's almost like, you know, if you just take any conversation about lead generation in real estate, but I think the most prevalent one on this is for sale by owners, right? What do agents complain about a lot? I can't find phone numbers. I can't communicate. I can't track somebody down. Well, here is someone with their phone number on their sign saying, I want to sell my house. You, all of our podcast listeners and my premier clients and our private coaching clients, I believe you claim to sell homes for a living. Thus, it makes sense that you should connect and see if you can be of service to this person who has put a help wanted sign in their yard. Just saying, when you change your mindset to being of service, how can I help you? Then when somebody says, I don't need your help, it's less painful than when you have more of a hardcore approach and, oh, they're rejecting me and it's so hard and I don't feel like doing it and you just make it all about yourself. I think it just makes it so much easier to remove that layer of stress and ego and simply make it about what are you here to give? Does someone need what you have to give? Is your skill level high enough to deliver it? Because that, to your point, Tim, may be the issue in itself. Then somebody needs your help or they don't. It's, a, it's really that simple. And if they don't need your help, maybe they just flat out don't need your help. You don't need to make up a whole big story about you know, how you're feeling rejected about it. That's kind of crazy sounding, you guys, right? You, so, you guys need to l-
0: listen. Listeners, drill down on what Julie just said. She just gave you a very real example. I think everyone can relate to. Put yourself in a position now where you're driving down the road, and you're now there's a for sale by owner that's in your neighborhood, uh, and it's, the sign just went in the yard. Uh, to be honest. What's your first reaction? What are the thoughts that are running through your head? What's going on? Actually, are you you know are you ignoring it? <laughs> are you are you turning your head the other way? I didn't see a for sale by owner sign you know are you uh, thinking well that person must be crazy mean eat their young all these other kind of you know nutty thoughts or are you thinking you know what that person probably doesn't know a real estate agent that person may have had had a life changing event where they need to sell the house they, they need my help. I need to go knock on that door. and I need to help that person. So here's, here's the really the, the core difference. Here's the pivot that must happen inside all of you if you guys are going to move past being in an ego state to moving towards a position of basically being of service to other people. That example, the for sale by owner, you know as well as I do, if you're being honest, 99% of you listening, 100,000 of you listening, your first reaction when I was giving you that Fisbo question, that situation all of you have been in, was negative. In other words, you were – Your ego was filling your head with, if I go knock on the door, they'll stick the dog on me. Or if I go knock on the door, they'll yell at me. Or they're probably not motivated. Or they're this or the other thing. You basically started to fill your head with all these about you thoughts okay you start thinking about what if they say this how will i feel what if they're if i find myself in this position what if i knock on the door and this that and the other thing so you literally when you saw that for sale by owner sign which is nothing other than a cry for help your head started thinking about well, how are you going to feel your head started focusing on you you guys understanding this I get it. This is obtuse. This is weird. This is strange for some of you. But just acknowledge the fact that when I was giving you that situation about driving past that FISBO, that your first thought was protectionist. Your first thought was fear-based. Your first emotional waves were not of opportunity and being of service. They're the exact opposite. You guys get it? Now, here's the thing that's an amazing gift that I don't understand why it works this way, but it does. Go back in that same situation. You're driving down the road. You see that for sale by owner sign, and now I want you to – first of all, you might start to feel those same emotions start to you know, well up inside of you, but instead of letting those things basically start to manifest your results, here's what I want you to do instead. Say this to yourself. Remember, this is just all in your head, guys. This is an internal conversation. Just say, I – I'm here to be of service to that person, and that person needs my help. I'm going to do whatever it takes to help that person. I'm going to go knock on the door, and I'm going to be of service. Then I want you to see yourself parking your car in front of the house, walking up the driveway, seeing things about the house you like. You see the flowers that they planted. You 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 Maybe you'll peek over the fence, and you see a kid's play set in the backyard. You see drapes that might remind you of your own drapes as you get ready to knock on the door. You see the front door is painted red. You see that this is a house that people – you know, loved or loved, and they're probably in a situation that's giving them stress and that they need your help. You're going to knock on that door. You feel that knocking on the door? Now, if you're still in that initial ego self-defensive state, the idea of doing what I just asked is going to cause you to have heart palpitations. You're going to have cold sweats. You're going to be super nervous. You're probably going to do everything in your impossible. Just knock on that door quick, quick, and run off kind of like you're doing a prank, but if, because that's what knock your ego yuck. wants you to do. It it, right. It wants you to stay small. It wants you not to succeed. I, again, I get the idea that some of you guys have been, been exposed to any of this stuff before. Here's a great book for you. If I'm starting to tickle your uh, your education bone, there's a great book called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Halliday. Go get that book. You guys will understand more about it. He does a fantastic job of explaining really essentially what ego or psychological fear, the ramifications it has on all our essentially our existence on this planet. Read the book. Get the book on uh, audiobook. Listen to it. Do that right away. So the point of it is, is if you're basically mind is full of these protectionist ego type fears, you're not going to, you know, you're certainly not going to park your car. You're going to drive by. And if you do park your car and you do even muster the courage to get past your negative emotions and go knock on the door, you're probably just going to do or say something to make it so that you can turn tail as fast as possible. Right now, replace that with this one thought. I'm here to be of service to other people. My job is to help that person. Your ego and those negative thoughts that were just welling around in your head, that were moving around in your head, that are causing all these fear based thoughts, cannot coexist in your head. With the, I'm here to be of service to other people. Seriously, go back to that situation. You parked in front of the house. Your dominant thought is, I am going to help this person. I am going to help this person. I am here to be of service to these folks. I am going to help this person. You keep on saying that in your head. What that does is it stamps the ego down. It stamps the fear down. It stamps the self-doubt down. It stamps all the negative reinforcements down. You guys get it? I don't know why it works that way. I wish I did. And if one of you guys have studied this stuff for longer than we have, then please email me and let me know, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com. But I do know that ego and fear and all these negative emotions that keep us living small lives cannot coexist with the mindset of being of service and feeling gratitude. Those two things, they, they are polar opposites. You might want to call it good and evil. Whatever you want to call it, my suggestion is, since this is in your control, you choose the path of being of service, you choose the path of basically being, you know, having gratitude, and then when you do that, you're going to be all of a sudden a different kind of person because you're going to be finally being in tune with your highest and truest purpose, which is being of service to other people. That's what the point of this mindset conversations were. Now, I got an email from somebody, and they were challenging me on the idea of materialism. You know, They were kind of trying to accuse us of basically preaching to the God of stuff. And I was trying to explain to them, uh, and, and here's what it basically is a summary of how I responded. We are spiritual beings, no doubt, and physical incarnations. You guys can take that however you want to, right? That's my and Julie's personal philosophy. We're spiritual beings and physical incarnations, and as such, we need stuff, right? You need a house to live in. You need shoes on your feet. You need food to eat. You need a car to drive in. You need a really nice pre-listing pack. You know, you need stuff. You just do. So you might as well have really nice stuff. Why not? What difference does it make? You need stuff. You might as well have nice stuff. And if if you know that basically your stuff and the nice and the you know the the quality of the stuff you have comes as a direct result of you being serviced to other people, why would you feel guilty about having stuff? It makes no sense. Julie, am I explaining this sufficiently?
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. And it it makes me think about people that say. When you ask them, you know, tell me about your real estate practice or why are you in real estate, or, you know, and, and you get these reactions sometimes, well, you know, it's not about the money. Like there's, there's something wrong with profit, right? Profit is the result of the hard work and the dedication and the skilled care that you give to your prospects and clients. So by making something wrong with money, aren't you kind of making something wrong with helping people? It just doesn't even make sense to me. So I've found over many hundreds of thousands of coaching calls that when you get through to someone about being of service and not making it about them per se, Now it makes them you know, feel to have to talk to somebody because we're in business, and instead convert to what you're here to give and to give before you expect to get back, it just recalibrates the whole thing. And I've had people tell me before, as soon as they realize that, that All of a sudden, talking to For Sale By Owners expires, even their own lead follow-up. I mean, we can start with that before we even talk about the harder stuff, right? That all of a sudden, it became easier, and it was like a dark cloud was lifted from them because they stopped making it all about their own ego. They didn't realize at the time it was their ego, but when they started making about somebody else, what happens is when somebody says, no, right now I'm okay, I don't need your help, you see it as the situation that it is, not as a personal rejection and then you stop saying things like, well, all FSBOs are overpriced, and that's why I'm not calling them, right? Instead, you say, you know what? Some for sale by owners need me. Some of them don't. I'm going to find the ones who do. It's so much simpler. Back to you, Tim.
0: So it's kind of a jagged pill to swallow. I get it, when you guys have to own the fact that your current situation, your economic situation is completely and totally your fault. I, I get it. It sucks. You know, if you basically think it's okay to essentially try to blame things that are external to you for your situation, uh, in other words, not taking what we call extreme ownership, um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be hard for a lot of you to deal with because society right right now, especially when it comes to money stuff, reinforces the concept that, you know, you're at some disadvantage, the playing field's not level, that, you know, rich people cheated. That I mean, guys, it's never been as bad as it is now, and it's always there's always been an undercurrent of that sort of, insane talk but the truth is it is worse now than it ever has been for political reasons and i'm not even going to talk about that I, hopefully you guys are sick of all that crap as we are and hopefully you guys have learned to live by the mantra or the you know essentially the lifestyle being media free like we have because then you don't those things you still are going to be surrounded by it because it creeps in everywhere even here in the great state of texas You know, you occasionally catch a a sniff of this sort of resentment towards success, this resentment towards money. You know, even these these guys that have these startup companies, even these guys that get these tech billionaires, they even have these screwy notions about basically being rich. They feel they almost are like trying to pander to the societal belief that being rich means that somehow you screwed somebody or you took it from somebody else. You guys, if you guys even. You know, 1%, you know what I'm talking about? I promise you it's the 1% that's going to keep you small. So here's an interesting thought for you, and I'm going to, again, make this really practical. Have you noticed when you go into a house of a seller, and it's one of these houses that hasn't been updated since the forever, like since the 80s or the 70s in some cases, I realize, or the, the 90s, you go in these houses and you just say, outdated, you know, the kitchen's outdated, the this and that and the other. I want you to have some understanding of what's going on in that person's life, and I want you to basically internalize uh, in a philosophical way. People are happiest when they're of service to other people. And what has, happens when you walk into folks' houses that are just really outdated is that they have kept their houses as a time capsule to when they were the happiest, generally speaking, when they were raising their families. Or generally speaking, if they didn't have kids, something else was going on in their life where they're being contri- in contribution to other folks. So it's very fascinating how if you want proof that our highest and truest are best uh, on this planet are the best purpose of our lives is to be of service to other people, look to see when you feel the happiest. When you are the happiest, using my example, is when you're of service to other people. The people that keep their houses as a time capsule is a, a memory of basically when they felt the most fulfilled was probably when in their lives they were being of service to the most people. You guys get it? So if you look to see why, uh, you know, why it is that we're a, uh, our highest and truest purpose, why we are designed literally to be of service to other people, when you try to understand the why, I don't think you're ever going to find an answer other than the fact that we're spiritual beings and physical incarnations. And I know I'm getting a little bit on the deep end for some of you, but the truth is, is that's a real clear path to getting past your hang-ups about why you're not obtaining wealth. Look, guys, Julie and I struggled with all this our entire careers. We've been in real estate now for over 20 years, and we've always been successful selling houses. I'm not bragging. I'm just stating a fact. And we haven't sold real estate for a long time. We have lots of real estate. We've Look, we've climbed up the mountain, and I'm not just talking therapy theory here. I'm talking for personal experience. I'm trying to, you know, fillet myself for all of you guys a little bit without too much. And so whatever experiences that you're having with trying to build your own empire, with, with trying to become rich, chances are other people have experienced those things too. And I'm giving you the tools hopefully i'm giving you the tools if you're receiving them that it took for us to have to for us to create for us to figure out to make it so that we can transcend our limiting beliefs about money too the most powerful thought that i can give you guys really truly is is the being of service to other people and when you're in alignment with that then you start to realize all you – you'll be motivated to figure out how to help other people. Like, for example, some of you guys are going – as soon as the markets start to noticeably change – and some markets it's going to be a year, other markets it's going to be now, you know, and you see more underwater owners, some of you guys, your first reaction is, I don't do, you know, short sales. I mean, you're going to start saying and believing these thoughts. They're going to put you in a position where you can't be of service to other people, which means your world is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller because you're not going to be able to help as many people as you otherwise would have. And, and that's the also, interestingly enough, that's the same thing that keeps you guys stuck in these this paradigm of working with buyers because you don't believe – like you, you are afraid or you're keeping yourself from learning how to work with sellers. You're keeping yourself from actually uh, accepting the fact that, hey, guess what? Not only can I be of service to more people when I'm – because when you're a listing agent, guys, you can be working with 20, 30 different sellers at the same time. And you'll make a hell of a lot more money. But look what's also happening. You're multiplying your ability to be of service to other people. How many buyers can you realistically work with at one time? Three, maybe? And even at that, you're going to be losing all your nights and weekends. So if you guys will allow yourselves to realize that the definition of rich is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. And when you harness the power of being of service to other people, and then on the other side of those two emotions, other t- side of those two freeing thoughts, comes a whole panacea of things that you can do to be of service to other people, ways that you can improve, ways that you, things you can learn. You know, you are not going to resist wanting to improve your sales skills if you're in alignment with those first two thoughts. You're not going to resist becoming really good at overcoming objections if you're in alignment with those first two thoughts. Do you guys get it? Do you guys see how this? We called this topic a philosophy, a philosophy and application of getting rich. Do you guys? Are you guys starting to see the philosophical aspect of this? So what we're going to do is we're going to pick up tomorrow, and I'm going to give you guys, I think it's seven or eight specific financial to-dos, and they're going to be about savings, they're going to be about investing, they're going to be on specific accounts, they're going to be about, I'm going to give you guys the actual practical application, hopefully you have the mindset, because it, look, if you, I can give you guys the road map, which is what we're going to give you tomorrow, but if you don't have the philosophy of it, if you don't have the mindset that goes along with it, you're never going to do it, I could, look, here out there, you follow this map, at the end of the map, you have to dig down six feet, and within then you're going to find a trunk of gold. But if you're like, oh, I don't believe in digging, or I don't think I'm going to make my own map, (laughs) I don't want to follow your map, or I don't think having a bunch of gold where everyone else doesn't have gold is a – you're going to literally make it so that you will never actually start your your sojourn to go find that pot of gold. Do you guys get it? So hopefully you've got given yourself – at least open the door to give yourself permission to actually finally becoming rich. And rich, again, it, it's not a huge – it doesn't have to be tens of millions of dollars if you don't need it to be. Rich could just be – for most of you, if you had enough money coming in, five to $7,000, most of you, you're going to be essentially rich because you'll have enough money coming in passively from paid-off investment properties and some of the other things I'm going to tell you guys about tomorrow and how to go about accomplishing those goals quicker than you think. Well, when you have that money coming in and you no longer have to work for your money and your money is working for you, that is technically rich. Do you guys get it? That's it. That's the formula. You know, it's not tens of millions of dollars. You don't have to, you know, somehow expect to somehow hit the real estate lottery and then maybe magically all the stars will align and you'll accumulate some huge amount of money and you can, you know, live off the back of your yacht. That's probably, if we're being real, not a realistic goal for any of you, but you can become rich where your money works for you and you, work, you no longer have to work for your money. And most of you guys can do this within five years or less. Some of you can do it within three years or less. Some of you have already started this journey. Some of you have completed it. But we're going to give you the exact step-by-step roadmap to accomplishing this goal. It's going to be kind of boring, kind of analytical, but you know what? That's kind of something else you have to learn to move past. Money in itself is uh, nothing other than a vehicle to help you fulfill your destiny, your, your dreams, your accomplishments, and to represent your willingness to be of service to other people. So, Julie, anything else you'd like to say to these guys as we round the bend?
1: Yeah, well, take action. You know, don't just say, well, that was an interesting and deep podcast. So I'm going to chew on that for a while. What are you going to do about it? What can you do immediately when we end this podcast and you have to make that next phone call or go on your next appointment? how can you apply what we talked about today and change your mindset so that it's more about the person that you're helping? And you know, the thing is that some of these guys have varying degrees of this mindset shift that they've got to go through. Sometimes it's when they get tired or busy or they have a deal go sideways and they just get really irritated and cranky that they lose their marbles temporarily and then just decide the world's out to get them. There's something wrong with real estate or whatever. You guys all know you fall into that trap now and then. Others of you have made that thought a kind of like a lifestyle and then we of course have the people who are right there with us today as they're listening they're going right on I've worked on this I read Ego is the Enemy I'm applying it and gosh what a huge difference it's making in my life and in my clients and my prospects lives my deals are going more smoothly I see things for what they are you know, apply it. So that's my parting thought, Tim: is to take action, to ask questions, to read that book that you recommended, and to take it one step at a time. Remember yesterday's podcast where our uh, our writer on Facebook was making herself run in the rain, even though she hated it. She did it one step at a time. She didn't say, "I've got to go all this way," and "Oh my gosh, this is totally going to suck." She said, "I'm going to run to the stop sign." Then I'm going to run to the corner. Then I'm going to run to my house. She took it incrementally. So apply this new upgraded mindset on a case-by-case basis on your next call. Just make a goal to get through all of your lead follow-up and do a great job being of service. Close harder. Ask for the business because you're here to be of service. That's one thing that I see change right away when they get this, Tim. So my thought is implement like crazy, and then I've got to get to my premier class. So back to you.
0: You do. So listen, guys, um, free coaching calls, right? If you've not requested your free coaching call, if you've not grabbed your Think and Grow Rich Real Estate book, if you've not grabbed your Real Estate Treasure Map book, all those are, for, are absolutely free to you. They're all in alignment with our personal uh, business and success philosophy, which we're exposing you to a little too, a, li- a little bit on this podcast and one yesterday and one tomorrow. Um, yeah, guys, grab those books. Sign up for your free coaching call. Absolutely positively seize this opportunity and really have the dominant thought in your mind that you are in the right place at the right time if you've been waiting if you've been you know believing in stories that basically people were able to get rich because of you know stars aligned or whatever happened in their lives and their universes that caused you know certain events to happen you know that's kind of the American myth right that basically to get rich, you have to have these you know, roll the dice and it all comes up red and it 's perfect because you bet it on red well guess what that's a myth. It's a story. It's a fantasy. It's, the reality of it is is that, guys, it all comes down to basically the philosophy you exposed you today and then doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level tomorrow. It's a practical application. Get ready to take great notes. Um, free coaching calls for agents.com. If you need me for anything, just go to, uh, obviously, you can email me directly at Tim at Com, or you can email Julie at Julie at Com. Have a fantastic day, guys. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow.